0: Bava Perak de Mishnah Yud Aleph four eleven, and now we return to the topic of um, commercial law. This Mishnah talks about the prohibition of deceptive sales practices. The Mishnah says, "Ein perus per perus. You can't mix two different um, grains together. According to Rashi in the Bartanura, this is if you contract with someone to sell him the grain that comes from field A, so then you can't uh, give him grain from field B when you deliver the grain to him. Even if field A and field B are the same, because you said A, so you have to give A. That's what they learn, and it's brought in the halach like that. But there's a second sheetah, the Rosh. Um, Tver Yisrael goes with him, and it's also brought on the halacha, um They were talking here about uh, mixing in some inferior quality grains. So in other words, he buys grade A grain, and then you give it you know, 95% grade A and 5% grade B mixed in um, to pawn off some bad stuff on him. That's that's not allowed. A filo chadashim even if we're talking about um, grain of kind of equal quality, uh, according to Rashi, that would mean, again, they're identical, but from the two different fields. According to the the uh, the Rosh, we're talking about, you know, it's just they're both new grain, but one is nicer than the other one. It goes without saying, says the Mishnah, that you can't add um, more recently harvested grain with older harvested grain. The idea here is that um, as grain ages, so then um, it, dries out more and more, you want your you want your harvested grain to dry out uh, for storage. And as it dries out, so then um, the volume becomes less, becomes more dense because there's less moisture inside, which means that um, if you buy like, you know, a, a pound of grain, so if it's old grain, you'll be able to get more flour out of it because there's less water content. So you're kind of cheating someone by adding newer grain because it'll have less, you know, output in terms of total product than if you have older grain. Beemis. The truth is, and whenever the mission says be that means this is like a rule that you know is incontrovertible. You can't deny it. Be'yayin yain hitir laarv kasha barach. They did allow you uh, back when you're pressing the grapes to sort of like, like put into the kegs for storage and let it ferment. You can mix some of the kasha, the more the more harsh um, wine, with the softer wine because the more harsh is better. It'll make it um, ferment better and a better ultimate product. To the point is you're actually improving. The wine by mixing two together, giving the 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 kasha with the rach, but may because this actually is for the benefit of the the wine, the product, and the purchaser. You couldn't do this later on once they've already been sort of been fermented in their separate kegs to mix them up because that's no good. You'll have you know two different tastes mixed together, it won't be nice. But when you do it back um, at the at the when you're you know pressing the grapes, so then they will ferment together. The the taste will blend and merge, and you'll have a better product than if you wouldn't blend them at all. Therefore. It's permitted to give a blend in that way. Ein ma'arven shimray yain be You can't mix the shamarm like the you know the leaves that the dregs at the bottom of the barrel from um, barrel one into barrel two, um, because the idea is that it's gonna add a new new all sorts of new stuff, new flavors, new bacteria, new everything and it'll make the second one spoil. So the idea is kind of like analogous to if you have a little bit of milk left in the container of container one, you wouldn't pour that into your new milk container. You don't want to mix the two milks together, maybe different ages, different bacteria, and so on. So that's that's not good. Same goes with the wine. Um, Avonosno es <laughs> Um So we're saying, just me, before I translate that, meaning that if a person, just want to speak out the rationale here. The idea is that you know when you get to the bottom of the barrel, um, there's still liquid inside there in the bottom, which you can't really sell because it's full of the other, you know, the sediment and stuff. But if you would pour all that into a second, uh, a second container which is full of wine, you'd be able to, get, you know, get a little more liquid out of there. So that's why you'd want to do that, but you can't because the taste is messed up and the product is inferior. What you can do here, we say, is avonos and lo eschmarav. If you have a single barrel of wine um, and it's got, you know, some uh, dregs at the bottom, the sediment that's come out of it, you could um, stir it up a bit and mix that back in because you're not ruining. Um, the taste in any way, and will settle out again in the next, in the next, uh, like when you decant that you pour into their container, so it will settle to the bottom again, and so they won't have an inferior product, and um, you're giving them what is a normal thing to do. Mishnis arv mayim uh if one has added water to his wine. This is basically back up, again, at the pressing stage, so you basically water down your wine to have a less strong wine. It's, I guess, more economical, and people did that in general. So you can't do that. You can't go and sell that water, that wine in the shop. Unless you inform your purchaser that this wine has, you know, 10% water content or 50% water content. Um, in which case, you could do it because you, you inform them and, and people understand. That's, some people like wine like that. And, you know, you can't also, you may not sell watered-down wine to a merchant, who's going to then sell the wine on, uh, even if you tell him. The reason why is because we're afraid that he, el l'ramus says the Mishnah, he's only going to use that to trick and deceive his customers. who will think they're getting pure wine, but he's getting they're getting watered-down wine. Now, um, in general, there's a halacha that we don't assume that people are crooks. We give them the benefit of the doubt. So why here are we assuming that if the, I'll call the wholesaler sells to the on we'll the retailer and tells him, Listen, I'm giving you wine, this wine is fifty percent water content, you should know and tell people. Um, why are we phrasing to cheat people? We're not usually afraid of that. So the answer is this is an assessment of people's psychology that Chazal made. They said, Listen, you know, they didn't never they never saw it get watered down, they didn't do the watering down themselves, so kind of it's like out of sight, out of mind. They can sort of rationalize more heter to that, you know, there's no need to to tell people like that because they didn't like necessarily see it themselves they can't be certain it happened who knows what and therefore and people will come the retailer will come to trick their customers therefore it's forbidden to give them you know the wherewithal to do that because that would be at least um that's like you know de yatilu. however if you're talking about a place where it's the standard thing to do um, like many, even nowadays, a lot of times you go into grape juice, not pure grape juice. It's like reconstituted grape juice, whatever the story is. Um, you know, when you buy chopped meat, they say it's 10% water. They put the water in it, so on, that kind of thing. So if it's a place where it's, everyone knows the way the recipe is done in this region is, they add water back to the kegging the process, you know, the barreling process. Um, so then that's normal. And you could do it, and there's no reason to be afraid because that's normal business practice, whatever it expects to happen. So again, the point of permission in, in a nutshell is you can't do things that will deceive the customer. Uh, if the customer is not being deceived, then it would be permitted.